Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. We told you, we told you the offseason was going to get crazy, and already the rumors are flying around the NBA about a lot of different teams, a lot of different players, different draft picks. Gotta love this time of year. We're going to break down all the latest today. Keith Smith back again, checking in from the road. How are you doing, man? Good, man. My uh, wife is tired of me saying, hey, what was that tweet when my phone goes off? Because I'm being a responsible driver on this trip. Uh, I'm not uh, checking the phone. So she's picking it up and then she's reading me the tweet. And then she's like, this is the same thing from three different people. And I'm like, yep, you're right. It is. So, yeah, that was uh, th that, that was a funny moment today. But, yeah, man, I I'm psyched. Uh, we're we're about halfway home. So uh, uh, probably next time you see me, I'll be be back in the uh, home friendly home confines uh, in the Smith uh, base in Orlando. All right. Well, of course, we're all wishing you safe, safe travels out there and hope that you, you know, you drive safe and, and let the wife deal with the tweets and everything and all the can confirm such and such player got That's it. Up or, <laughs> or whatever, because everybody has to jump on board with that. That's but, exactly what it was. <laughs> it was that one. It was that. I knew it. Yep. <laughs> uh, by the way, guys, before we dive into the, the meat of everything here, make sure you do subscribe right here to the NBA front office YouTube channel. And don't forget to ring that notification bell. As well, you guys know things get crazy this time of year. We're going to be right here breaking everything down for you. So make sure you do subscribe. All right, Keith, what do you want to jump into first? A lot of different things happen today. Uh, which way do you want to go? Yeah, I think this is just for everybody. This is going to be kind of a grab bag episode. Yep. We're going to, and it's probably going to be a lot of like, like this is just little bits of news and what we're going to react to them. So let's start with those qualifying offers, right? So we've got a uh, uh, town Horton Tucker. That was the one that, that flowed out from about 14 different people right. uh, today. I felt like on Twitter, but they would, they'd all originate because the Lakers put it out themselves. Um, so qualifying offer. All that simply does is that means the Lakers now have the right to match any offer sheet he may sign with another team, um, or you know they, they can they could still sign him themselves. They can still sign and trade him. He could sign the qualifying offer, which would be a standard one year contract. He will not do that. It's only one point nine million. He's clearly outplayed that kind of value. So uh, so yeah, so the Lakers protecting themselves here with Talon Horton Tucker and the. The, the QO is what I'll, I'll abbreviate it to. Right. No surprise here that this is the, the path they're taking from here. They can match any offer. Uh, do we want to talk about the arenas provision or the, the Gilbert arenas rule at all? That yeah, is we can. That is something that sure. pops up here in relation to, to Taylor Horton Tucker. So the Lakers are at least somewhat protected from losing to, you know, THT was a second round pick. And back in the day, Gilbert arenas was second round pick. Washington came along, was able to offer him more money than the Golden State Warriors could. They didn't have money under the cap to offer him. And so now there's protections in place because the league didn't want that to happen. The league didn't want a team to draft a good player in the second round, develop that player, and then have to watch that player walk away because they had no mechanism by which to match that because they, they couldn't do it, do it. So now the first couple of years for the incumbent team get restricted. But what we see happening is kind of a balloon payment type of situation where teams can try to get in this case, the Lakers, to blink by inflating the final two years of that contract if it's a four-year deal. So this does happen every now and then. I don't know if it'll work in this situation, but it wouldn't surprise me if somebody tried it. 
Yeah, the other option that the team has is they can spread that hit evenly. So they would take more on the first year and the second year, but then the third and if there's a fourth, fourth year would be the same. So yeah, it's it's um yeah, it wouldn't be surprising if one of the cap space teams was like, We really like him and we're gonna, you know, force the Lakers into a difficult position by throwing him an offer sheet and you know, making a match. That, that's something you could almost see they don't really have a need for him. But like if the Spurs were like we're yeah. our cap space isn't going anywhere, let's force the Lakers into a tough position my guess is because even if in that first year even if you spread it evenly it's about the mid-level exception money anyway they would just match it and move on and you know have a good good player who's a nice depth piece at what should be a you know reasonable number for him moving forward i like that you said spurs that is such a spurs move just to do something to mess with the lakers we all know greg popovich has no love <laughs> for, for the lakers yep. <laughs> but uh but yes, that would be a very Spursy move there. Uh, the yeah. other, another guy though, uh, John Collins. I mean, not a surprise yep. that you'd want to protect nope. a, a talent like this. But there was a point where people were really wondering if the Hawks would let him go, and they were seeing him as perhaps an available player on the free agent market. Have we? Has that flipped? Are we at a point now where we feel like the Hawks are going to match any offer? Yeah, my guess is that he would either match any offer, or they would work out a sign and trade where it was you know, hey, we're we're going to move him uh you know in some court some kind of deal where we get something back mm -hmm. we're going to talk about another piece of hawks news here in a second which maybe impacts their decision making here um but yeah it's th this is again this is a no-brainer he's the best restricted free agent on the market he's one of the best overall free agents on the market of course mm -hmm. um so yeah so th this one 100 they were always going to do this again just like Town Horde and Tucker, different situation because Collins isn't arenas limited, so a team can give him that map that max offer sheet. But with Collins, it's a setup where Collins is um, to protect you, right? So you can't just watch him walk away with nothing, um, you know, for you. This way, you have the ability to match any offer sheet. Uh, the other piece of Hawks news that I was mentioning a little bit there was uh, Onyeka Kongwu. Uh, news broke this morning that he had surgery on his right shoulder, a torn labrum, I believe it was, and he's going to miss at least six months. Um, so that's going to clearly take him into late January, and that's you know the first half of next season, yeah. roughly. Uh, so if you're the Hawks, you could look at this one in two ways, either – we need John Collins, who kind of became their uh, starting four slash backup five throughout the course of their playoff run. Okongwu's playing time was vacillated, kind of depending on matchups. Um, and then, or you could look at it as, hey, we're going to trade Collins and really flesh out our depth if they feel that way. There's also already rumors that teams are looking at Danilo Gallinari, um, so he could be be potentially on the move to, to build out that depth a little bit. But they're going to have to do something behind Clint Capella because you you don't want to push him too hard in the regular season, and that was kind of Okongwu's role. And then on, on Okongwu's side, this is brutal because that, that, that summer between your first and second year, although it wasn't going to be exactly a full summer, um, that's important for skill development and Absolutely. all those kind of things. He would have played summer league, probably would have played a heavy load in summer league as well. And now he's not going to get any of that. And we've seen that set guys back in the past. Um, you know, when, when they're limited and miss that, that really kind of key development time, a lot of second year players this year struggled yeah. because they didn't have any kind of off season, uh, work to that, that they could really dive into. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a blow for the Hawks and for Okongwu.
Yeah, absolutely. That's going to be a tough situation for uh, for the Hawks to deal with. And of course, uh, unfortunate for the player as well. A um, little bit of other news here regarding the Portland Trailblazers. No, not Damian Lillard. I know we spent <laughs> a bunch of time talking about Damian Lillard, but rumors floating around right now that the Hawks are saying no thank you to draft pick offers for C.J. McCollum. Trailblazers. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Who did, which team did I yeah, say? Yeah, I was there. <laughs> you said Hawks. I said we were just talking about that. That's <laughs> the, the Blazers. That's the kind of day it's been. It's been, and I love this, but it's been nonstop, one thing after another, all day. By the time I, by the time we get to the end of the day, my head's spinning, and I, I love it. But uh, the, the Blazers are not going to take a draft pick offer for C.J. McCollum because they're in win-now mode with Damian Lillard. And I think there's there's a little bit more to this than just Hey, they don't want draft picks. I think number one tells you, okay, they are listening to offers for McCollum. They're just saying, look, we don't want future assets. We want things that can help yep. us win right now. And number two, if you're in that kind of a mode, that tells you that the Blazers are building as though they are going to keep Lillard, right? Like if you're going to say, hey, we want to contend right now, we need pieces to help us right now. That to me suggests Damian Lillard probably isn't going anywhere this offseason, or at least that's the current plan for the Blazers. Yeah. Yeah, I would say there's somewhere around a 5% chance Damian Lillard is traded this season. We've covered it ad nauseum. There's just no reason for Portland to trade him. They, they've they got him under contract for at least the next three seasons. So there's really no reason for, for them to move him. Uh, he kind of almost has no control. But what he's doing is he's putting pressure on them to say, hey, you better start making this team better or I'm going to start really chirping. And I've never done that before. So that that kind of, you know, is where that stands. So, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, in the end that that goes. So, yeah, this makes sense that if they're going to move McCollum, you're not moving them for a bunch of guys who will be ready to win three years from now when Lillard absolutely will be saying, I want out. I'm done with this. So, yeah, so that, that, that one makes, you know, full sense to me. So yeah, it's, you know, I think we're probably in a spot there, but speaking of draft picks, um, we, we've got the, um, the Orlando magic and Toronto Raptors have both made offers to the Cleveland Cavaliers for the third pick. Uh, the Raptors have the fourth pick and then some interesting players. Uh, the Magic have the uh, fifth and eighth pick. And again, some interesting uh, players that they could throw in a trade. So that's kind of kind of something to watch there. That's not one of those where you got to pay an exorbitant price because you're only moving up a couple mm -hmm. spots. But that to me says that they have their eyes on uh, you know, somebody falls out of Mobley or Suggs or Green. Um, so they, they, there's probably somebody specific there. My guess is what we would ultimately see there is that would be a targeted move up. I think most people are ex expecting Cade Cunningham and Jalen Green to go one, two, yep. and then they're moving up to get their guy. My guess is for the Raptors, it would be Evan Mobley. And I think for the Magic, it would probably. It might be Evan Mobley, but I think it's probably Jalen Suggs would be my guess, is that's who they'd be moving up for. Interesting. I mean, that would certainly shake up the draft if you had that kind of a, of a move. And I wonder if that has any kind of an impact on the rumors that the Cavs want to move Colin Sexton. Like, if they slide back in the draft, like, the thought has been, okay, they're going to move Colin Sexton in order to clear up room for Jalen Green, for Jalen Suggs, for one of these guys that's going to come in and we're going to give the ball to if that's not who they're targeting anymore, if they're willing to now move back, maybe that changes things. Of course, I think the contract situation of Colin Sexton with him only having a year left under contract and then he needs to be paid, that is a factor as well. So I'm not saying this completely eliminates sure. that plan or pulls Colin Sexton off the block or anything like that. I just wonder if there is any sort of uh, domino effect here in regards to those negotiations. 
Yeah, and we've talked about it with the Cavs in the past where if they stick right where they are, it's a little bit messy because does Mobley fit with Jared Allen, who's their five of the future? They've already said that they're going to do everything they can to resign him. Does um, does Suggs or Green, if he falls somehow, did, did they fit with uh, – you know, maybe Sexton's not there, but Garland and Okoro. Um, yeah, so it gets it gets a little weird. And so you could move back, pick up additional assets, maybe kind of retool your roster with a slightly better fit and less duplication and overlap. So yeah, that's that that one is interesting to me. And then I think rounding out the draft pick news, uh or draft news, I should say, Sacramento Kings are shopping number nine. This comes from Kevin O'Connor at the ringer. Mm-hmm. Uh they're shopping number nine for win now help. And that makes a hundred percent sense to me with the Kings because it's it's beyond time to, to win now. I just wrote this for Spot Track. Uh, you can go check it out that it's like it's been I think 15 years now since they've made the playoffs. Like it's it's the you know a decade and a half. It, it's time to to push in and go as long as you do it in the right way, right? You got to be smart about it. You can't you can't go completely over the top and be silly about it. But yeah, I, I think it's um you know it's time for them to to do this kind of move because they hit the jackpot with talent or uh, I was gonna say Talon Horton Tucker <laughs> with Tyrese Halliburton uh, last year in the in the middle of or late lottery. Um, you know, so yeah, you, you'd love to maybe try to get that luck again but yeah if you can move that to get win now help in yeah why not and this is this is part of why we've been saying it's the summer of the trade right it's not just Mm -hmm. the eight playoff teams from each conference that we're looking at going okay each one of these teams wants to get better no there's a number of teams that are just outside the playoffs that are saying next year this is going to be our year and we know the play-in tournament's going to be a thing that got approved for next year so they're still looking at it going hey even if we're the 10 seed we've got a shot let's build a really good roster right now and there's not that many players out there in free agency to grab that are going to you know be a major impact players so teams are going to trade and that's why this this makes sense that the kings are now shopping number nine and there it feels like i get in terms of rumors it's probably like this every year but just to me it feels like there's a lot of picks available this year and i think that again that goes hand in hand with a lot of teams wanting to make that next push next season. Yeah, it's it's funny when so I just ran through it real quick. Yeah. I think realistically right now as it stands and this will change of course depending on how the offseason goes. We've only got four teams that are probably rebuilding um going into to next season. That's Detroit nice. and Orlando in the east mm-hmm. and Houston and Oklahoma City in the west. Everybody else is some level of title contender or they've got to get to the postseason because there's a lot of other things at stake. So if you look at like New Orleans or Minnesota, like you're kind of on a ticking clock with Zion and and Cat. So you you got to kind of start to to make something happen. We know Chicago wants to win. We know Cleveland wants to win. So, you know, I'm not saying all those teams are playoff teams or anything, but when you only have four, that leaves you with 26 teams that are trying to do something. Now, somebody will reposition, somebody will do something where they're kind of breaking things up and going a different direction. But yeah, I, I think um, that leads to why you have so many picks available and these teams are all trying to swap stuff and reposition themselves and, and those kind of things. And that's why, you know, teams like Oklahoma City that's like, hey, I'll eat some bad money. I'll help you, you do other things. You know, Sam Presti might come out of this thing with another thirty draft picks by the time we're done uh, with, with the I'm end of this. I'm telling you, this, uh, he is he is going to get he's going to figure out some way to combine them all, and at some point he's going to have every pick in a draft or something. Yep. It's just going to be an Oklahoma City Thunder draft. Did man, there's like Pokemon. You got to <laughs> yeah, catch them all. That's right. 
All right, let's um, let's finish up with this, Keith. Just a little bit of, of education piece. It's driving me crazy. I'm seeing it all over the place, <laughs> and this is and it's perhaps it's because I'm I'm you know fairly Lakers centric with things, right? But there was a rumor out there that hey, the Lakers they could trade for Russell Westbrook, and whether or not you like the trade or not, it's kind of irrelevant, right? That they would yep. sign and trade Taylor Horton Tucker, uh, sign and trade Dennis Schroeder, and also add in Kyle Kuzma. And I've got so many people on multiple platforms screaming that you cannot do that. You can't attach anything to a player that you're sending out via sign and trade it. I don't know where this comes from, but I've got so many people that are just convinced that this is a fact and this is the way it is and it's the way it's always been. Yeah, 100% incorrect. You absolutely can sign and trade a player and send them out. Here's the thing. When, when you sign and trade a player, it has to be a three-year deal. Only the first year needs to be guaranteed, though. You could do it. Let's think back. Let's go all the way back to when Boston traded Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Jason Terry to the Brooklyn Nets. That's that's a famous trade that delivered the Tatum and Brown picks and all those Nets picks. Then what you had in that trade, as that trade was made, you had coming the other way, Keith Bogans from the Nets was signed and traded to Boston in that deal. And that was because they had to do that to get to the matching salary. He got a pretty good payday yep. in that deal. Um, basically just to be a trade throwing because the Celtics had no interest in him. He got traded again later uh, to, to, I think it was Cleveland. I'd have to look, but no one cares about that part, but yeah, a hundred percent guys can be signed and traded and added into a trade and all that stuff. There's nothing again, no rules against that. Nothing against that at all. There, there are other things with sign and trades that they get kind of tricky and confusing, but, but as far as, the Lakers position would go the only let's just use Dennis Schroeder as the example. They could 100% sign and trade him at $20 million. Kuzma's $13 million and go get themselves a $35 million player. But without a doubt, there's nothing stopping that from happening. Yeah. Yep. And that's uh, hopefully that puts that to rest and people can, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to say breathe easier because I've got a lot of Lakers fans <laughs> that are in a little bit of panic over Russell Westbrook maybe becoming a Los Angeles Lakers. I've got others I that are it. saying it's a, it's a great move and all this kind of stuff. Regardless of where you fall on it, though, it can happen in terms of signing and trading somebody and attaching stuff to them. Um, I don't know where this comes from, but it's it's a myth. You can do that. Now That can happen. Now when you see someone say that, Copy and paste the link to this episode Please do. and say, go to whatever, you know, you can uh, give them the minute mark and go to this and watch it. And there you go. There you go. All right. Well, hopefully that helps people out a little bit. And uh, other than that, look, we're, we're expecting even more craziness tomorrow and the next day. And then because we've got the draft coming up, we've got free agency. We're going to have trades flying. It's going to be a ton of fun. So again, everybody, make sure you do subscribe and don't forget to turn on those notifications. And like the video. Yes. Oh, thank you. And like the video <laughs> as well. <laughs> Till next time, everybody. Stay safe and see ya.